Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking to Most Worshipful Brother Barry Birch uh, about the three-year plan and how it's going a year later. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Welcome to the work. Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. I'm Stephen Chung, you know, one of your co-hosts here, and I'm joined by <clears throat> Brother Connor Massey from Victoria, British Columbia, and from Washington D.C. We have very worshipful Brother David Colbert, and just the state. Wrong, wrong, Washington. Oh, right. Yeah. And from Washington, you're state, fired, Steve. You're fired. It's the big one on the left, not the little one on the right. Okay, so starting over now. All right. So you're going to introduce everybody, and I'll just wait. Okay, got it. Yeah. Sorry, Barry. Yeah, All right. we should have let you know. We have we have a little bit of a process. So we do the little intro uh, on live camera, and then I insert a intro, a show intro that has background music and that kind of stuff, and a disclaimer, and then we come back. So it's as if that one minute intro played, and now we're coming back and saying. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steve Chung, joined today by Steve uh, Connor Massey and yada yada. Okay. Hi. Hi, and welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Tonight we have with us Brother Connor Massey from Victoria, British Columbia. And from Washington State, we have very worshipful brother David Colbeth. And very worshipful brother, Matt Apple, the current district deputy. And our special guest tonight is most worshipful brother, Barry Birch. He is the current immediate past grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and the Yukon. And he's here tonight to give us a follow-up to his um, visit with us a year ago, actually, on the three-year plan and the succession thereof and how it's been going so far. So I now happily turn the uh, mic over to Most Worshipful Brother Birch. Well, thank you, Brother Chung, and good evening, brethren. Uh, an international crowd tonight, how, uh, how thrilling. Uh, I just I wanted to uh, just quickly reprise a little bit about the three-year plan very briefly, and then we start talking about uh, some of the some of the progress and some of the activities that have resulted. So, again, as a bit of a reminder, particularly for any of the audience that are not British Columbian Yukon uh, brethren, with uh, the current Grandmaster and now the Deputy Grandmaster elect, uh, about three years ago, 
I had this idea that we should maybe think about trying to work on a consistent plan for an extended period of time. I selected three years because there were three of us. We had a lot of discussions, agreed upon it, and, and essentially came up with this idea. So how it would manifest itself most obviously to brethren is there wouldn't be uh, an annual Grandmaster's theme because we were, we were all working basically towards one common theme for the next three years. So, so that was a bit of a change for people. Um, uh, the, other, the other aspect of this, and which really drove this forward and, and why we kind of all agreed that this was you know, a good idea, was the fact that the things that we needed to work on to make the craft better for all the brethren weren't things that you could do in a short period of time. It's, you can't build the craft in, in a year. Uh, you need a longer period of time. And our observations were that there'd been a lot of really interesting programs and interesting ideas that had been proposed in the past. But at the end of that Masonic year, it kind of fell off the table. And so anything that was really going to make a difference to the craft, we really needed to stay, stay on, on side for it. So. Uh, so w what has happened uh, in the interim? So uh, this proposal was placed before the brethren in June of, of uh, 2018. And um, it required uh, a lot of action on, the, on behalf of the brethren. <clears throat> Basically, the premise of this was... Uh, Take charge of the free of Freemasonry and make sure you're getting out of Freemasonry what you want and what you need. And in order for you to do that, uh, you need to become engaged. You need to make an investment of your time and energy, and you really do need to support your lodge. So, some of the things that we undertook uh, in order to try and and build some support for this and to be able to measure whether we're successful or not required creation of, of some, some data. So the, the, the first thing that, that we did, many of, many of you participated in that, was to do a survey. We wanted to understand how the brethren felt about uh, different aspects of, of Freemasonry what they felt was missing, what they thought was needed, and what they thought was being very successful. So we did that survey in the summer of 2018, and we completed the survey uh, in 2019 um, in late fall. And I'm going to put up, um, I'm going to try to put up the, uh, a summary, a summary report that compares some of the key findings between, <clears throat> excuse me, the 2018 survey and the 2019 survey. So I'm pressing share screen and nothing's happening here. Hi. 
Put any music and share stuff for you. I'm joking, deep. Nope, I don't see share screen there. All right, let's try that one. Maybe David has to help you with that. Yeah. I just double checked, and it looks like anybody should be able to share. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a document up. What's it say? Someone would like to record this. Uh, would like to record. It this should it screen. should pop up a screen, and then you can select which little image you want to share, which would be yeah. The no, I've screen. got I've got it up here, and I'm trying to share and then, screen. And then once you do on the bottom right corner of that share, it should you can you should click the blue share button. Uh, I'm getting all kinds of other stuff going coming up here, so I mean, I'll just speak to it here. Um, Do you want to email it to me, and I can? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm conscious of the time here, so I don't want to. I don't want to screw things screw screw things up here for the. That's okay. It's probably better to talk to it anyways because we're on on a lot of podcast apps now too. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can I can send it to you subsequently, and, and I don't know if you can post it after the fact, but sure. So, so this was survey of the brethren, uh, fifteen hundred and eighty uh, in September, the summer of twenty eighteen, uh, about twelve hundred and fifty in the fall of twenty nineteen. So, <clears throat> some interesting comparisons. Um, so does your lodge practice excellence and ritual? Um, in 2019, 83% uh, of the res respondents said yes, which was very similar to 2018. Uh, should ritual be delivered from memory? Again, high 80s both years, which is interesting because some of the, uh, uh, some of the commentary from Brethren about ritual was suggesting that Maybe it should be delivered, um, and if you can't do it from memory, maybe you should read it well. So the brethren don't support that idea. In pretty strong, pretty strong numbers. Uh, do you feel that mentorship is well used in your lodge? Um, not very strongly supported uh, in. 18, 29 percent uh, in, in the 2019 survey, a little bit better at 35 percent. Now, the reason we ask questions like what we've talked about before is because these are some of the issues that you hear from brethren about um, why they feel dissatisfied with, with the craft, and certainly mentorship and uh, Masonic education are ones that are rated very highly by People they were demanding that, and uh, as you can see from this this particular result, uh, it's not happening. So, um, are your lodge dues fair? Uh, mid eighties both years for that. So, brethren, they feel they get good value from the lodge dues, uh, seventy eight and eighty percent. So, and brethren feeling pretty good about that. Uh, has the health of your lodge improved in the past 12 months? Um, we didn't ask that question in 2018. Uh, we asked that 
this time, and uh, basically about a third of the lodges are saying that the things have improved. Uh, do you feel it's important to have a, uh, and use a multi-year plan? Again, strong support in both 2018 and 2019, uh, 2019-81%. Uh, does your lodge currently have a strategic plan? Uh, in 2018, it was 18% said yes. In 2019, 28%. So clearly an area that really needs some attention. And is it important that the lodge have a plan to sustain itself? Uh, didn't ask that question in 2018. This 2019 survey, 91% of the brethren support that. So, you know, in terms of, of information that we're collecting, uh, data that we're collecting, you know, these surveys are, are quite critical in terms of, um, you know, are we on the right track? Are we focusing on the things that we should be focusing on and what do brethren think are most important? So, so, so that was one, that's one source of data that we, that we, we got. Um, the large health assessment uh, came out uh, in February of 2019 and 118 uh, lodges out of 133 completed that process. And basically the findings, the findings of that were focused in on sort of the key elements of, of what makes a lodge operate successfully. So a series of questions that measured, uh, asked brethren to assess in their lodge their Masonic experience, the level of fellowship, how well the lodge is managed, the level of sustainability planning that's taking place, Masonic education, community engagement, and charity. So, you know, those results um, provided, in essence, a roadmap for, for masters of lodges to deal with the areas where strengths were acknowledged and areas that required some level of improvement. So uh, those results uh, were tabulated and communicated out through the lodge secretaries for distribution to the brethren. Now, one of the other findings uh, in the 2019 survey was um, one of the questions we asked was, did you participate in the survey in 2018? Uh, like 40% of the respondents said they didn't know there was a survey or a survey in 2018. Um, did uh, you receive the, the results of the survey? Uh, again, similar, similar number. Hadn't received it. Were you aware of the Lodge Health Assessment? Again, 40 some odd percent had no idea, had no idea. Did, uh, were you invited to participate? Didn't know about it. So uh, despite the fact that we got some fairly good results, uh, communication is a pretty big issue in terms of 
making sure brethren are given opportunities to participate. And when they do participate, that they get the results uh, back in a timely manner. So, you know, both in the survey and the Lodge Health Assessment, the systems that were created uh, for this by, by some of our brothers are very professional and basically provide the results almost instantaneously. So when you're being distributed and they're not getting out to brethren, uh, that's disappointing. So, uh, just as a, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just as a, yeah, yeah, please. you said there were about 1200 to 1500 responses on the two years about what percentage of the, the Masons in the British Columbia and the Yukon is that, is that, a quarter or a half? Or uh, a half? Yeah, it was, uh, let's see, the 15 was 20, uh, what they think? It was about, it was about 35, 36%. Um, the 1,200 is 20, about 22%. Wow. So, right. So it's, a, it's still a fairly good, fairly good uh, percentage of the, the brethren out there, a quarter to a third of the. Yes. That's, that's really good. And, um, you know, basically, uh, I think 100 and, 122 lodges in uh, 2018 and 118 lodges in uh, 2019. So we're getting, uh, you know, good distribution throughout, throughout the, uh, throughout the jurisdiction. And, uh, you know, the, the response rate is, there's enough validity there that, uh, you know, I think we can take comfort in the, uh, in the numbers that are being generated. So certainly, and yeah. just, uh, uh, for my own information, I, I, I watched the previous episode where you were on, uh, earlier and the, the lodge health assessment, that was an, an optional thing, right? The lodges were not mandated to do that. Well, every, every, all of this is optional, right? Uh, I mean, Freemasonry exists solely through the permission of its members, right? So, uh, you know, the opportunity was put forward and um, it was put through, forward through the uh, district deputies. So, um, I mean, I can tell you that when uh, the previous Masonic year, uh, when this came out, um, we spent a fair amount of time explaining to the district deputies how important this was. Because if, if you know, if you're asking brethren to make an investment to engage in the craft, they want to know uh, whether what they're doing is having an effect. Uh, they want to they see some return for the effort that they're putting forward. So the only way you can do that is, is if, you're able to, if you're able to generate some metrics, be able to measure some of the activities that are taking place. So I, I do know that when that came out in our district that uh, there was a, some confusion and several lodges thought that, the, uh, that it was just the lodge secretary that was supposed to respond to that and fill that form out and then some lodges I guess asked more questions and found out that uh, no all the membership was supposed to fill it out and so there was a little bit of confusion in, uh, in the onset I think most of our district ended up figuring it out but um, I think maybe a, a shorter clear letter going out and reminding everybody to fill it in this fall might be prudent. 
Well, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, that, that you mentioned that because I, I did talk with all the district deputies and um, it was obvious that there were a few places where there where what was communicated wasn't delivered in the manner with which it was provided. So it was there was no question. Uh, there was absolutely no question uh, in my mind uh, with the district deputies exactly how this was supposed to go uh, because we did we gave three sessions on this with them in fact one of them just before um, installation we spent another so um, you know part of this is again it's uh, you know these are human human relations issues and uh, some guys I know I know some guys got a little bit of pushback Oh, why would we bother? Nothing ever happens with this stuff. You know, we did this 10 years ago and nothing occurred, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I know a few guys, I'm pretty sure were intimidated and just didn't, didn't carry the ball the way they should have. So, right. See, but, I, go ahead. Connor, my, my lodge for the lodge health assessment made, made a, an event out of it. It was quite fun. We all got, we was at a GP meeting. So we had our GP meeting and then we, uh, the worshipful master at the time brought uh, beers for everyone. We all sat, discussed it, uh, went through the questions together. And I remember quite uh, vividly a rather entertaining point was when at the at the topic at the topic of visiting. Um, the the one of the questions was something like, "Have five or ten members of your lodges visited in the last month?" And our answer was no. But someone piped up and said, well, Connor's probably visited 10 lodges in the last month, which is who I visit a lot. But it, it was, it was <clears> quite a fun. I remember having a lot of fun filling out that with the brethren yeah. of the lodge. Well, the, the lodges that, that uh, again, I talked to a lot of lodges about this personally. So ones that, that took the opportunity to do it in the manner that you've, you've spoken about, uh, it, was, it was great. One of the better evenings, good conversation. Uh, you had to you had to come to consensus on each of the questions, and uh, so this created some uh, discussion. And this is the reason why it was set up the way it was set up, so that brethren could actually talk about issues of importance to them. So, so that you know that provided that provided specific data to to the lodges on for those that participated on how the brethren viewed their particular lodge. Now, uh, we have uh, other, other sources of data that, that uh, I had asked to be created. The uh, secretary's database has a lot of information in it, uh, in BC and Yukon. And uh, I requested and was able to, uh, to get some coding done so that a number of reports could be, could be produced uh, on topics of various topics of interest. So, for example, uh, we know the demographics uh, of our jurisdiction and the demographic demographics of each lodge. We know the demographics of brethren that are joining. We know the demographics of brethren that are uh, NPD and demitting. Uh, we will be able to, in another year, I think, uh, determine retention rates. Now, the reason. Again, the reason you want data is so that you can show some cause and effect relationships. So 
the data from the secretary's database being one of the sources um, allows us to identify those lodges that are really successful. So they're getting candidates, they're retaining brethren for extended periods of time. So what is it that you're doing that allows you to attract and retain? What are the three things that you do? And so out of the Lodge Health Assessment, um, I spent quite a, quite a number of hours going through the, all the reports, I read them all, and then I identified lodges that had done extremely well uh, in, in the view of their brethren in terms of the various categories, Masonic experience, uh, charity, community engagement, and whatnot. And I asked them what three things, what are the three most important things that they did for the brethren to assess them so highly in that area. And so all of that information uh, from the responses that I received is on the successful and best practices link on our website. And so uh, for lodges that did really well in Masonic education, what is it that you, how did you go about doing that? And so there's several lodges their their approach is, is documented. So if you're a master of a lodge and you've got to, you know, your lodge education is, brethren don't think you're doing very well, well, what can you do? Well, you go to successful and best practices and take a look and see what successful a successful lodge in Masonic education has done. So that, that was the idea with that. So, so those data sources work quite well. Uh, the other source of information uh, and metrics is, um, I'm, not, I'm sure you do this in Washington State as well, but in, in British Columbia and Yukon, the district deputies uh, create a fairly detailed report on each of the lodges in their district. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they do a uh, report on the district at large. So... I read all 133 of those reports and did the analysis on all the fields of endeavor. And so I identified uh, the levels of support for various uh, programs in, uh, that are offered. The uh, six step to initiation, for example. Uh, and I can quote a couple of things here that I think you might find of interest. So, for example, <clears throat> it's uh, pretty important uh, for a lodge. The successful lodges all tend to have a plan, usually a plan that's longer than one year. So, again, out of 133 lodges, uh, based on the DDGM reports for 2018, 2019, uh, 39 lodges had a long, long range written plan. Again, not encouraging, but needless to say, uh, we'll eventually determine which those lodges are and ask a little bit more about it. Um, Worshipful masters uh, have a written plan, uh, 50, 50 out of 133 lodges. So let me, Take a look at a few other things. Uh, Harmony and decorum, 106 out of 133 lodges. 
So that's that's a pretty positive one. Um, Six-step plan. One of the more successful programs, anecdotally, uh, and one that was developed in uh, British Columbia Yukon, by the way, and is is uh, practiced by a number of Grand Lodges now. Uh, 83, 83 lodges use six step to initiation, uh, and I can I can tell you that uh, this does make a huge difference. Um, New member pathway, uh, a, a great program. Uh, once a brother becomes uh, uh, initiated, there's certain things that can help build his understanding of the craft in between degrees and so on and so forth. It's a fantastic program. That's only used in 42 lodges. So um, I can go on here. There's quite a quite a few so, uh, quite a few more things. Uh, so, so there's quite a few statistics you've got gathered there, um, which tells me we're going to be into doing an episode number two on this. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to take this opportunity to wrap this uh, this uh, first segment up, and we'll be back with episode two from Most Worshipful Brother Barry Birch on the three-year succession plan and its continuance.